0: Hey, it's Lacey Broussard and this is the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast. From sex and motherhood, birth and relationships, communication and intimacy building, and Taoism and Tantra, we explore topics such as self-care, self-pleasure, body image, jadex, the feminine cycles, creativity in business, and modern spirituality. The Multi-Orgasmic Mama is a place to come for true stories and transformational advice on how to be a mama and a multi-orgasmic woman too.
1: Hey, Sheila, how are you doing today? Hi, Lacey. I'm great. How are you? I'm so happy to be here.
0: I am too. I'm so excited to have you on because the Multi Orgasmic Mama podcast needs more women talking about birth. And Sheila is an ecstatic birth practitioner, I think is the name of her program. And I want to share her with y'all today because she's doing amazing work. So if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, Sheila, and what you're doing. Like, we want to hear it from you, not me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I call myself an ecstatic birth advocate, an ecstatic birth trainer. And what that means is I really stand for uh, this idea that childbirth can be one of the most empowering, most transformative, and most potentially pleasurable experiences in a woman's life. And that is a really big Paradigm shift because you know, most of the stories that we hear about birth are the opposite about how painful it is, and how you know it's something we just have to get through. And we really live in this like no pain, no gain culture. So, um, this all began with my own personal journey in my births. I had this idea that I really wanted to have this like empowering, like birth where I was connected to like this primal feminine power, and I didn't know how to create that. And so, my first birth experience was actually fairly traumatic. Um, in a way that I think is is pretty common for most women giving birth today, and I literally could not get pregnant again until I had um, sort of like a, a a reclamation of my own relationship with my body and my femininity. And when I did, it was my desire was so fierce within me that I would not stop until I figured out another way to give birth. So I trained. I trained in every way I could think of: body, mind, heart, soul, anything I could come across anything that felt right, I just went for it. And I had uh, really like the most incredible birth, uh, was very Zen-like, very spiritual, super connected to my body, to my intuition, to my wisdom. And so when I got pregnant with my third, I thought to myself, you know what? I know that I can do this. I know that I'm physically capable of this, but I want to know if I can enjoy it. And at the time I was... um, A student and also working at a place called Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts in New York City, which is a school for pleasure, and I started to notice that everything that I had learned about natural childbirth um, was very similar to the language of sensual and orgasmic expansion. Uh, They seemed to mirror each other even though they were two completely separate like fields, and there was a lot of talk about, you know, being really present in your body, there was a lot of talk about um uh, surrendering. There was a lot of, the tools were the same, like breath and sound. And and so I thought to myself, you know what, what if I take everything that I'm learning about pleasure and apply it to my birth prep? And so that was really how I prepared for my third birth. Um, and I was, I was inspired by, you know, every book i had ever read about About birth there was always like one line that said something like some women experience heightened states of bliss ecstasy and even orgasm when they're giving birth so I wanted to know what that was about and that was you know what I was training my body for now the experience that I had giving birth you know I had this idea of like it would be incredibly um, uh, like sexual because birth is a sexual act at its essence But what I actually experienced really um, went above and beyond that. And I was dancing through my labor in a way that was, it just took me higher than I'd ever been in my life. And um, the experience really blew me away because even though I had been training for pleasure, what I actually experienced was so much bigger than that, was so much more incredible than that, was so much more pleasurable than what I could even conceive in my own mind. And so I thought to myself, I don't understand. Like, why didn't I know? Like here I was preparing for pleasure and I didn't even know what was possible. And why don't, why doesn't every woman know? And so I kind of kind of like sparked my career as an advocate. Like I wanted to tell people, I wanted to share that with everyone. And then from there people, you know, wanted more guidance and support. So I started working uh, with expected moms on a more formal professional basis to train them, to coach them in birth. And, uh, and I started to see all these practitioners coming to my stuff, like doulas, midwives, childbirth educators. And, and I was really hexed by it at first because I, I was like, how, how can I teach you? What do you mean you've had like formal training certified by whoever? Like, well, didn't you learn this already? And I kept asking, them, didn't you learn this already? Don't you know this? And overwhelmingly, they said no no we don 't know we don 't know this information. we need this information we want to bring this information into birth, and so my ecstatic birth practitioner training was born, which i 've been doing for four years now and it 's been so fun because we have uh, literally all different modalities of practitioners supporting women in childbirth from all around the world, so there is this like learning community that happens it 's not just me sharing everything I know but uh, people that work with women in different ways sharing as well. So it's, it's been really incredible. And that's, that's sort of the abridged version of of my journey as to how I got to where I am today and and the work that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. So when you were, when you said you were working with Mama Gina, was that the mastery program or were you actually working?
1: So I started with her pre-mastery. Mama Gina was a, uh, so (laughs) when I had my traumatic birth experience. Yeah. I literally, when I was ready to get pregnant with my second, I couldn't get pregnant. I had a series of losses um, that brought me sort of to this like crisis moment of what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my body. And I made a whole list of modalities that I was, you know, going to try like naturopath, acupuncture, this, that, like anything that I could try to figure out as well as MDs, all different types of MDs uh, to tell me what was wrong and how could I fix it. And Mama Gina, I had seen her like on late night with Conan or something, something about her. She was at the end of a very, very long list. So I got to the end of that list and she was the only thing left. And I enrolled in her class and her class really was that, uh, that missing link for me where I realized that part of um, my disconnect from my own body was not really honoring what I wanted, what I was desiring and not really honoring my intuition. So when I got pregnant with my first child and I want I knew I wanted this like incredible birth experience that was really primal and fierce and feminine I didn't know how to stand for that and so I kind of bowed to my husband's fear and my mother's fear and the cultural fear and just kind of threw my hands up in the air so uh this was all pre-mastery and then when she launched the mastery program I was actually pregnant with my daughter that uh reclamation birth that I told you about and then I was um I was more formally like writing for her and helping to publish her newsletter at the time when I was pregnant with my third child. And that was, um, I think, the second or third mastery, as well as she had a program then called Inner Circle, which has since morphed into Creation Course. Gotcha. Yeah. She's awesome. incredible. I highly recommend her work to anybody oh. listening here.
0: Hell yeah. She's amazing. yeah, She's amazing. the first person that I turned to maybe four or five years ago. And I bought her books. And they changed my life. So, yeah, yeah, couldn't uh, highly recommend that enough. (laughs) I've never done her mastery of creation course because, you know, it involves travel. But it is definitely (laughs) on the bucket list.
1: (laughs) I I love her. I I could not recommend her work, her community more highly. I I literally would not be here today. I would not be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for her and her stand for women.
0: Yeah, me either. Yeah that's so cool. And I love how you talk about that. The missing link for you in birth experiences was pleasure. It's so Mm -hmm. simple. Pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, why can't we ever, why don't we even associate pleasure with birth? Why is it, how has it gotten this far? You know, it's such a, it's, it's veered so far from being pleasurable that now it's all we think of when we hear about childbirth is just pain, but it's not, like physiologically designed to be a painful experience, but it is for so many women. And when I think of the dichotomy there, it reminds me of like, if you've ever had a cervical orgasm, it's a lot like that. You have no idea what that experience is like. And it's almost like the line between pleasure and pain is so thin, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that it's just it takes you to a higher state. I don't know. That's how uh, cervical orgasms have been for me. They they were a lot like my, my second birth experience. So it's super cool to hear your experiences of that as well with your third one. Okay. So I wonder what um, ecstatic birth means. I know that you're an ecstatic birth advocate, but people listening to this podcast and we're talking about pleasurable birth are probably like, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah.
1: let's take a picture here what is yeah. pleasurable ecstatic of birth um, so one of the things I like to share is um, ecstasy is a feeling state mm. it's not tied to the way something looks so if I was to ask everyone listening to this podcast when was the last time you experienced ecstasy in your life we would have as many different answers like what were the circumstances you'd have as many different answers as you have people listening, right? Because ecstasy can creep up in, in any circumstance really. Um, But if I was to say, what does it feel like? Then you'd start to get some commonalities. So a lot of people will say to me, does an ecstatic birth mean a home birth? Does an ecstatic birth mean a water birth? Does it mean, you know, like, does it mean I can't do this in a hospital? Like, yes, yes, yes. No. Like it's an ecstatic birth has nothing to do with where you're birthing with whom, how you're birthing, like an ecstatic birth is a birth that is led by your desire, by your feeling space. So you're constantly moving towards what feels good. And that is true at any stage of, of your birth preparation and your, and, and your physical birth experience. Um, what I aim for when I'm working with women and I'm training practitioners to work with women is to really get people into their bodies. And so they can access their feeling states because when you're in your body, and you're connected to the language of the, of the body, which is sensation, then you can follow the thread of sensation towards what feels good, whether you're debating, you know, between two different, uh, two different um, locations for birth. Well, do I want a home birth or do I want a hospital birth? Well, which one makes most sense? What's the statistics? See, these are all like head decisions, and it's important to have all of that information. However, once you have that information, bring it into your body. What feels better? what feels better and trust that because when you say the majority of people aren't actually experiencing pleasure in birth, that's because um, so much of our birth preparation and birth support is led by fear Mm -hmm. and management of fear. And when you're in a fear state, um, you're really disconnected from your body. You're in a, in a head space. And so trying to bring women back into their bodies, trying to bring them back into their feeling space and allowing that from you know, anything from decision-making to actually when you're in the birth, like my dancing birth that I described to you was a full uh, presence in my body where I could feel those contractions. They would come forward like a dance partner. They would overtake my body and really guide my movement, right? So there's my intuition right there, guide my movement and then kind of leave me pulsing on the floor in a way that just felt, I don't know, transcendental. It was amazing. So, when I talk about ecstatic birth, I want women to feel like uh, the sacredness of the moment. I want women to feel empowered. I want them to walk away from their birth experiences with their head held high, not sort of like, you know, low, victimized, recovering, which again, unfortunately, is how a lot of women experience and process their births.
0: Yeah, so true. And now I'm wondering since your ecstatic birth, training. So that's kind of who you work with, right? Is doulas, midwives, childbirth educators, birth professionals, not necessarily um, pregnant
1: women, right? I do work with a small group of pregnant women at any given time. So I take five clients at a time. And then the, you know, I realized very quickly that I'm not going to affect major change in the world in that way. And I could get this information, these practices, the mindset into the hands of practitioners. So the thing is, when you're being supported in birth, you really want to have a practitioner that can be there with you in the pleasurable space. I call it holding the tone for an ecstatic birth. So just like the birthing field is incredibly porous and somebody can come in with a lot of fear and that can cause like a contractive energy in the pregnant woman's body that disrupts the process of her birth. If someone can come in and really hold that tone for pleasure for oxytocin flow, that is also contagious. And that can also come into the more expansive flow in the pregnant woman's body. So, yeah, so the, the, the bulk of people that I work with at this time are practitioners and that's primarily because um, they can stand for so many more women.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Thank you. Yes. And even talking with other doulas in my area, you know, you talk about pleasurable birth and it's this fictitious idea, orgasmic birth, Deborah's orgasmic birth, you know, they laugh, they laugh at it because they have no idea how to support a woman, a woman to have a pleasurable ecstatic experience. So that's why I'm so in love with your work because you teach these doulas, midwives, you know, childbirth educators how to do it and to really support their clients, which will, eventually have a bigger effect than working with
1: just one woman at a time for the work that you do. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you're like the perfect embodiment of this because I think that the missing link is that, like I said earlier, birth is a sexual act, right? Yeah. And culture, you know, anything like baby related is like pure pure and clean and kind of like you know, sterilized in this corner and sexuality is a little more edgy and maybe not as clean and kind of kept very separate from our children and our babies. And and that's like a a big sexual healing that we need to overcome as a culture. But to really start to recognize that birth is a part of the spectrum of female sexuality. And just like sex can hurt a lot and can also feel deeply pleasurable, uh, birth is the same. And, and the difference is really honoring uh, the woman's body, the woman's processes really coming from that place.
0: Yeah. Wow. No
1: greater truth than that
0: (laughs) there. Yeah. And the sexual work that the sex, you know, I'm a sex coach. So a lot of what I'm doing with women is help bringing them back, bringing themselves back into their body to tune in, to feel what is going on inside of you to learn how to handle emotions that are uncomfortable uh because you know i'm i'm a tantrica and in tantra we don't uh, we don't judge our emotions and feelings they are just what they are you know so it's learning how to deal with what you're feeling and how to process what you're feeling in real time and that's so important so if you're able to bring that into the birth experience yeah lord only knows what the possibilities are
1: <laughs> yeah also for like For the practitioners, imagine everything you just said. Mm -hmm. If you're supporting somebody in birth and she's having a difficult moment and that triggers you, that really limits your capacity to be able to hold space for her and support her. But if you've done your own work and you're able to process your emotions in the way that you just described, you can really stand for her.
0: Absolutely. And sounding and movement and all of those things are so key and yet we feel so um, contracted and unable and not free to be able to express ourselves and the birth experience. I don't know if it's because women are fearful of making weird noises or if they just don't want to embarrass themselves. But yeah, as being a doula, I experienced so many women that just cannot let go of the judgy voice and just do what they need to do to get this baby out. So they hold on to the baby longer than they really should.
1: Right. right, right, right. <laughs> sounds actually one of my favorite tools because it's less obvious than like, uh, you know, outward sexual pleasure, kissing, nipple stimulation, clitoral stimulation, all of which I want to say like help the progress of labor by stimulating oxytocin flow in the body. So these outright sexual experiences are really um, are really great. To, if you have a sluggish labor to help move things along. And and it's also what the pharmaceutical industry is trying to replicate by creating Pitocin, which is the drug they give women to jumpstart labor and smooth labor along. So you can do that naturally by, by really stimulating your sexual body. But sounding is something that like, you know, if you watch a, a woman on TV, every birthing woman is kind of, it's like understood that she's gonna scream, yell, whatever. So if you can actually harness the sound And use sound to open your sexual energy and open your body through sound. Like it's actually a very subtle but very powerful way to support the flow of birth in a way that might not feel as, um, you know, as edgy as like some of the other things I mentioned.
0: Right. Yeah, I can totally see that. (laughs) So cool. Okay. So now how is working with all of these birth professionals? going to change the paradigm of birth being painful to more pleasurable and ecstatic
1: yeah well you know it, it always begins with us right no matter what modality you're studying no matter who you're trying to support it always begins with you so um, desires like the, any desire that we have is is I believe um, and there are a lot of teachers that talk about this I believe your desires are unique to you because they are created for your own evolution for your own growth as a person right Mm -hmm. so people that are attracted to the birthing field there's something there for them like if you're attracted to supporting women in birth or in my case like my desire for um that primal feminine birth experience was was the catalyst to creating who i am now right even though i didn't have that from the get-go so women that are um attracted to the birthing field there's something there for them and Unconsciously, they can kind of keep re, retelling that same story in their body, mind, psyche, whatever that is that's, that they're attracted to, or their reason they're attracted is because their soul wants to rework whatever it is that, it, that, that has attracted them there. Right? So, working with birth practitioners is really um, can change the birth paradigm on so many different levels because bringing children. Uh, sensual and sexual expansion for them first and foremost so that they can embody it helps them in their own evolution helps them clear out their own triggers helps them hold space in the way that you were describing for another um, helps them bring that tone of pleasure into the birthing room Um, and then they can also when they are fluent in these skills, bring them to their birthing mamas. So if they know, if they, it's one thing to tell a birthing mom, you know what, as above, so below, if you moan, it'll open, you know, it'll open your pelvis. It'll help your cervix open. But to really have experienced that themselves and to see the amount of turn on and sensual energy that they can generate themselves um, makes it much more powerful to share that with another right? And so it, may, it, it really supports them in bringing these tools to their clients. And then on a whole other level, birth practitioners tend to have what I call mommy syndrome, which is we give, we give, we give, we give, and then we're done. We're depleted, we're exhausted, we're burnt out. And so bringing these uh, sensual and orgasmic expansion tools to birth practitioners teaches them how to source from their own pleasure so if they're in the birthing room with a client and it's been you know 36 hours and they're exhausted they have some tools where they can kind of regenerate their own energy in a way that's not depleting and is also supportive to their clients so all of this to say if you um, if you consider our religious and cultural heritage when it comes to birth right it's the story of Adam and Eve in the garden of eden so eve takes a bite of that apple and uh, and and that 's the fall of man, and forevermore women will be punished in birth uh, through suffering as a result of this so if you 're talking about i mean birthing a new paradigm and birthing a new humanity, I would say that since that story 's been told, you know when a baby 's born you 're literally giving birth to our future you 're literally giving birth to the new generation of human beings, and that legacy tells us that. You know, being feminine is dangerous, having desire is dangerous, and that the female body deserves to be punished. And that moment at which a baby is being born is when we are punishing our women for being feminine, for having desire, and for having a female body. And that's like, that just makes me want to cry and scream. And like, that is just harsh, harsh, harsh. And it's just like, it's so, I'm so done with that. And so, You know, at its heart and at its core, that's really what we're rewiring is uh, by training practitioners to really reclaim their relationships with their own bodies, by training them to bring that to their clients to reclaim their relationships with their own bodies and have this moment at which the baby is being born be sacred, joyous, fun, pleasurable, empowering, like ecstatic. You're rewiring everything. It's yeah. really big. It's really big. It's a huge shift.
0: It is. So let's talk about those shifts. It's <laughs> and maybe you agree with this or not, but I'd love to know that there are two big shifts that have to happen to change the paradigm from birth is painful to birth can be ecstatic. Yeah. There's a mindset shift. There's the the thinking, the garbage stories, the fear, all the all the stories.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's
0: a change. And then there's the somatic body-based, body-mind uh, practices that we're going to have to go through to basically rewire our nervous system to believe something else can be possible with birth. So yeah, you see that as being true as well, that, you know, there's the mind stuff and then there, there's the body stuff. And then, you know, what, where are we going to start with that? Where's the best place to start?
1: I think the best place to start is to meet a woman wherever she's at. So if you're supporting a woman in birth and her fears are up front and center, then that's where you start, you know? And if, if you're supporting a woman in birth and she's so deeply disconnected to her sexuality, then that's where you start. And that's how I, that's how I do my private trainings. I have, um, a lot of, you know, everything that, that you just described falls under what I do, which is, um, creating a new, conception of birth and the birthing culture. So that is rewiring what you think about birth with new ideas, new stories, new visions, new images about birth. There's um, learning to use pleasure as a holistic birthing tool. There's disarming your fears because we all have fears. And, and especially if you're going into an experience that you've never gone through before, Uh, you know, for first time moms, like it's normal to have fears. And then those are their personal fears. There's cultural fears. I mean, there's so much. And then um, the unexpected, because, you know, just like in life, if you dream and you vision, yes, you can create that dream and vision, but the journey might look very different from the journey that you thought you were going to take. So unexpected stuff comes up in birth all the time. Mm -hmm. So there's the practice, the habit of learning how to dance with the unexpected in your day-to-day life as well. There's, there's a lot, but I think, um, I think the best place to start is what's most present.
0: Yeah. That's
1: beautiful. Yeah.
0: Hearing that. And is there any one particular practice or tool that you could share with us that, you teach uh, the birth practitioners how to help women have more pleasurable experiences. Is there any one that stands out to you that you could share with us right now? Um,
1: so so the, the practice that I think is most effective, really, it's really for anybody, not just necessarily for a birth practitioner. Or for But the thing that I wish every woman and really every person on the planet would practice is just like connecting to the body. So literally just taking a time out from your day, closing your eyes and feeling inward and starting to become um, aware of the sensations within your body. And that's like, it sounds like such a simple thing, but, um, but to be able to do that and to, like I'm a big believer in small practices done consistently lead to monumental change. We spend so much of our, attention we we hold our attention and our awareness so much outside of our body and you know like if you have ever not eaten when you're hungry or not used the bathroom when you have to go like that's sort of the big manifestation of the dissociation I'm talking about. So like even just right now for anyone listening if you just kind of want to like take your attention inward and start to feel like you could do a body scan. Like what does it feel like in your feet? What does it feel like in your legs, in your belly, in your chest and just very slowly move your awareness as if you're feeling from within, not from outside. And a lot of times you'll notice, Oh man, these pants are too tight or like my bra's uncomfortable, or like, you know, but we don't notice those things because we are not fully in our body. So I would say like, that's the one practice, which that's where I begin everyone at is, is starting to like keep coming back to your body. And I'll have some women like put reminders on their phones, like every hour or something check in with body and that can be as simple as like literally just closing your eyes and feeling within and noticing like what's the most present sensation in your body
0: yeah i do something similar called body meditation Mm -hmm. where you have them close their eyes and then you know you speak the sensation that you feel and the location that you feel it yeah 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 and then they'll come up and they'll be like, it's such a trance
1: state. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's so powerful.
0: It's like a trance state.
1: And it's so fun to guide from that space because once you start to really connect to that space, then you start to realize actually how simple it is to manipulate the sensations in that space. And that's really what blows people away is like, oh, wow. Like I can experience pleasure in less than like two minutes with simple like, just putting my attention, like imagining that my lover is kissing me and I can experience the sensation of that in my body. It's mind blowing and so simple. Hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And when you're connecting at that deep of a level with your sensations, it's also so much easier to move towards pleasure.
1: Yes. Uh Uh Uh-huh.
0: Because you're, you're there, you're, you're in it. You're, you're in it. That's the way to describe it. You're in the sensation. So if the more that you're in it, the easier it's going to be to know what's going to bring me the most pleasure right now. Yeah. What's going to feel, what can I do for myself that will feel the best? How can I most love myself right now through this sensation? Yeah,
1: Yeah, and then I, the, one of the things that I found is the more that I practice and the more my clients practice is it, it becomes much easier to understand when you're functioning in the world what's not aligned and what is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you'll start to notice that, like, your energy is drawn towards things that are aligned and the things that you think you should do, that your mind tells you maybe you should do, that are not aligned, like your body literally cannot even, like, pick up a pin or walk in that direction.
0: Yeah, so true. Yeah. And last question for you, what one tip or trick can you give on becoming a multi-orgasmic mama?
1: I love your questions. They're so fun. Um, I think that the one thing that makes a huge difference if you're on this path and you're looking to expand to more pleasure and become a multi-orgasmic mama is just simple approval of where you're at. In relation to where you want to be, because I find that like sometimes when you can see the vision, when you can see where you want to go, and yet you see where you are, like there tends to be a lot of like disapproval about that, or disapproval about the the rate at which you're getting to where you want to go, and that disapproval really hinders your progress. And so, it, like even if you're just learning how to orgasm like that frustration of like, I want to orgasm, I want to orgasm, you know, like that really hinders things. Whereas if you can just approve of like, oh, that felt really good. Oh, that felt really good. Oh, wow. Look at me. Like I'm feeling more than I ever have before. Um, Like the approval really helps you. It like lubricates your path, makes things so much easier. The whole thing, the whole experience becomes so much more pleasurable. And it also helps you, uh, like it just moves faster. Everything moves faster when you're approving because you're in a state of flow as opposed to when you're disapproving, you're in a state of constriction. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) That (laughs)
1: too. So my pleasure. I think we could all use reminding of that, like I, you know, perpetual. it's just it's just our culture but it's exciting to see i feel like there's so many shifts happening you know like that you and i and, and so many incredible people are part of it's it's really fun to see the culture starting to shift
0: yeah i'm starting to see it too you know i've been yeah in this world with you for what four or five years now and <laughs> the landscape has changed so much in birth even in so our local hospitals it's changed so, so much the things yeah. we used to fight and advocate for for our clients you know when you teach them how to advocate for themselves about i mean probably it's different in new york city but i mean five years ago we were having to teach our clients, okay, this is how you keep them from taking your baby two minutes after it came out of your vagina. Like yeah. I can't believe that we were fighting for mom to keep her baby on her for an hour after birth. And now it's like a standard two hours. They don't touch you, you yeah. know, it happened just recently.
1: So it's getting better. It is getting better. And my dream honestly, is to be able to go into these hospitals and do this training with like every single person that works at the Labor and Delivery ward. Could you imagine if a birthing woman was handled by a team of people that were really connected to their bodies, attentive to their pleasure, attentive to her pleasure in that way? Like, I just think it would transform everything. That's my dream.
0: What a dream. I am so holding that vision for you, honey. <laughs> yeah. you. <Yeah. laughs> Well, I so appreciate you coming on today and sharing your beautiful, luscious, ecstatic wisdom with all of the people listening in. So thank you so much. gosh,
1: so much fun. Thank you for hosting. Thank you for like, it's just your beauty, your light. It shines through. Thank you for opening up this conversation for everyone. Such a gift. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bye. (laughs)